Tom. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. It's the Greg Ducker Show. And Greg, I bet I weigh 10 pounds more than I did the last time you and I were on the show, which has just been a week. What in the world happened to do that to you? Thanksgiving. (laughs) I ate and I ate and then I would uh, sit in the chair and lay on the floor and watch football games all day long. Well, we had a great time over Mike and uh, Robbie's house, and uh, it was um, it's something about Thanksgiving that when you get the families together, it's it's pretty special. And uh, I think it's the only time of the year. I know Christmas, uh, a lot of people will get together, but it it just there's there's nothing like Thanksgiving and and the thought process of what we're actually very uh, thankful for during that specific day. Well, I should ask you what you're doing this week to compensate for the uh, overdoing it during Thanksgiving. I'm getting my eyes measured today. Thank you. Well, that'll knock off a few pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'll it'll make my uh, wallet a whole lot thinner, I can tell you that. Thanksgiving probably is very close to, I guess Christmas would be close to the most tradition laden uh, of uh, in the sense of family and such uh, holiday. I read about say Monday or Tuesday there was an editorial in the Wall Street Journal that said in effect we have been told that we should not run our traditional Thanksgiving editorial because it uh, it offends some of the uh, extreme left uh progressives whatever you call those and uh, apparently the uh, well the journal has every thanksgiving the day before thanksgiving run an editorial since 1961 so it's mm-hmm. like 60 years they rerun it every time yeah. and should always get very positive comments and what it is is uh it was written in the 1600s by the governor of the colony about the uh, bravery and sacrifices of the earliest settlers up in the Massachusetts colony and uh, is very uh, insightful in in the forethought or forevision of what's to be expected Mm -hmm. and uh, really brings you around to the real sense of Thanksgiving and what it's what it's about and the the Wall Street Journal has run it as I said every Thanksgiving since 1961 and commented that uh, they always get a very positive uh, response to it and they feel strongly that they should keep up the tradition and they essentially told those objecting to stuff it good for them (laughs) yeah we're gonna do what we've done and and we see no uh, merit in your position and uh, sure enough, on Wednesday, they, they ran it again, and I read it again, and I would recommend, uh, uh, recommend it to anybody, uh, not just at Thanksgiving. Uh, Bradford, I believe, I should be able to tell you the name of the governor at the time, the provincial colonial governor, but he wrote it, and apparently based upon personal contact with the the pilgrims and those that were uh, involved in that first settlement. Uh, but it looks like nothing is uh, sacred anymore if we're going to attack Thanksgiving and the pause to think that most of us do at that time. I can't imagine the weakness 
of so many people in this country that they can turn against the things that really made us so strong and such a special country. And all of the people that um, gave their lives, who, who fought for freedom and all those things, um, it, it almost makes me uh, sick to my stomach to hear some of the things that are going on today. And each, each individual in this country has a responsibility. And some of them, they just kind of sweep it aside. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me how they could be um, so weak-minded as not to hold on to the real strengths of this country, no matter uh, how some of these uh, left-wing liberals uh, want to pass it on. I uh, am concerned and try not to focus on it, but from time to time in our history, we've been challenged. Challenged in the sense of, uh, you know, the, the existence of the country and our way of life is at risk. Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't take a whole lot of imagination to point to some things that could challenge us again today. And uh, what concerns me is, would we pull together or would... Uh, would we not be able to get together to, to respond to that? We talk about how in World War II, the entire country got focused on yeah. the task yeah. at hand and responding to the threat. And uh, right now, there's reason to wonder, could we do that again? Because if we were threatened as we have been and failed to act in unison, it would be awfully hard to prevail again. You and I have seen over the last few years that uh, the work ethics of people in this country are not the same anymore. And and the responsibilities that they have to the companies that they work for or uh, to the government that, that they work for, whether it be city, county, state, federal, or whatever, uh, we all have a strong responsibility to make everything work properly. And for whatever reason, it it seems to be lost on a lot of the generation that we have that have come up in the last 20, 30 years. And I'm seriously having a problem understanding it and I know a lot of it is media, and a lot of it is, is uh, what, what they call social media. And how can people just arbitrarily just latch on to something that's not even close to being accurate, and they follow it just like it, it's something that uh, uh, is a very positive thing for this country? I just can't understand it because... If you get people together and you're all uh, have a relationship, things are pretty strong within that particular relationship. And we, we've seen it a lot here in our community especially where it doesn't matter where you came from or what ethnic group you, you were born into. Um, we're friends and, and we enjoy each other and... Maybe their opinions are somewhat different than ours, but we're able to still stay together as a community and as a group. And how, it, 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 it's not as much in this particular area, but you see it across the country in these major cities and things that uh, they just kind of follow each other like sheep. And it just, if it's for this country, Maybe if it's against this country, they jump on board. And it, it, it doesn't seem like the, there's, there's any accuracy to it whatsoever. And if you're strong in this country and you've got a strong heart and a strong mind, then you know what this country is all about, and, it, and it's for everybody. Well, uh, we have always responded in my uh, perception 
in a positive way when uh, there's a disaster or a yeah. threat or something. And I like to believe we will, but there are times when I read or hear, and I think, do we still have that capability? Are we still the, the most, uh, what would you say, giving country mm -hmm. in the world, or has, has something changed? Uh, my wife, of course, has international experience, yeah. lived in several parts of the world, and uh, she's noted on several occasions that this country is uh, the most charitable. You know, people will open up uh, their time, their resources to help someone else uh, so much more readily than you see in most of the other countries of the world. And of course, in countries where they look to the government for everything, then there's perhaps nothing there to share until the government gives. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so much of what we do in this country is supported by the people themselves. And uh, we seem to be inclined as a population to look more and more to the government to give us what we need rather than uh, working with our neighbor to meet our mutual needs. But that's getting pretty heavy for, <laughs> for a talk about local history. I did have an interesting uh, <clears throat> request, inquiry, a couple of weeks ago, which I wasn't able to do directly, but there's a program called Middle Tennessee Leadership Program. Mm -hmm. There's also uh, local groups that do the same. And, it uh, generally is uh, young people, maybe young business people in the community uh, who try to learn more about the community. In this case, it's Middle Tennessee, so they're traveling to different counties, learning about the different counties. And I was asked, I've done it in the past, to be the speaker on the bus trip. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. And the uh, first time I did it, I just about got thrown down trying to stand up and talk as the bus lurches along. And I did learn that the most important thing to some of the leadership is staying on schedule. So, you know, you you got so much time to do it. Well, they asked me again. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because if they're so... Uh their time is so full going from place to place. Yeah, yeah. Are they able to spend quality time? Yeah, that uh, was a concern of mine. Uh, but uh, the people that are doing it, organizing it, have been doing it for years, so I didn't argue. But this time around, uh, I said, well, I will give you something uh, in writing. Uh, that you can pass out either before the program or, or on the bus trip, call it uh, uh, bus, bus ride reading or something. And uh, I also asked another member of the Historic Society, or they asked at my recommendation, uh, to be available on the bus because mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really feel up to the bus ride and trying to make a presentation. But the topic was the... Uh, evolution of our local economy, which is interesting if you go all the way back to the beginning, uh, 1803, 04, 05, we were a rural community in the most uh, classic sense. Mm -hmm. Principal business activity was, of course, farming. Most of it was what I call survival farming. You farm enough to satisfy your own needs, raise your kids, uh, but there was some uh, business that was going out, and it was mostly, uh, well, it was entirely agricultural products, but we were uh, growing a lot of corn, a lot of wheat, even back then, and uh, a good bit of cotton, mm -hmm. and uh, most of it was going out through uh, the port of Jefferson, heading into Nashville. Well, what kind of industrial activity is needed to support uh, uh, that kind of an economy. Uh, fortunately, we had a source of power uh, uniquely distributed around the community, the Stones River mm -hmm. and its various forks and, and tributaries. So the industrial support for that agricultural economy in the earliest days was milling, using the power of the flowing water. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I have counted over time, if you look at the uh, 19th century, at least 30, or perhaps as many as three dozen, uh, mill dams throughout the county. And of course, the county back then included uh, the western portion of what now is Cannon County. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them very small little mills, like up in Burke's Hollow, uh, on what was almost a trickle coming out of the cave to big operations like uh, the Readable Mill uh, or the mill dams that are still in the area. Uh, so the industrial activity was uh, in support of the agricultural economy and was powered by uh, us being blessed with the Stones River and all of its, its drainage. Uh, that began to evolve uh, well, that was antebellum, and this milling and ginning. Also, some of the mills ran cotton gins, mm -hmm. so they were ginning cotton. Uh, so that was pretty much our economy up until the uh, Civil War. You left one out. Hmm? You left one out. What did I leave out? Moonshining. Moonshining back in those days. Moonshining, moonshining didn't hit its peak though until about a hundred years later. Yeah, <laughs> everybody was making for their own use. Yeah, and there was no uh, regulation whatsoever. Uh, this the Civil War interrupted the agricultural economy, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, after the war, though, is what we call the industrial age. Again, we were relying still primarily on water power, but also the steam engine came along. Mm -hmm. And there's a stretch in there when, uh, well, you can go over around uh, Hooper Supply and see what was the early industrial area of Murfreesboro. Uh, still some evidence of it there. And uh, the raw material then became lumber. And a particular type mm -hmm. of lumber. Cedar. Cedar. Mm -hmm. And for the next 40, 50 years, cedar and cedar products dominated our Rutherford County economy. Yeah. We had plenty of it. Yeah, we lived right in the, the main swath of the cedar glades mm -hmm. in Middle Tennessee and uh, began to exploit it. And uh, names like Earthman and Ransom setting up big mills, uh, big for that time period, powering mostly by then in Rutherford County uh, with steam. And uh, until, uh, oh, about 1910, 1912 was when that really began to decline in this area. And it was in large part because uh, there was some corruption going on. Uh, a lot of money was flowing and uh, one of the principals in the Earthman uh, complex began kiting checks around the small banks. Mm -hmm. And eventually that uh, bankrupt the biggest milling operation. And uh, there was a domino effect and, and that industry was, was damaged. But at the same time, starting in the 1890s, the farmers, uh, got organized and tried to develop and successfully developed a uh, buyer, a use for raw milk because uh, dairying was beginning to be uh, part of the agricultural economy. Mm -hmm. And uh, they set up a uh, group of farmers with some prominent names involved, such as Todd and, and McKnight and some of them. What, came to be known as the co-op creamery. And we think, well, you know, they were just making cheese and butter. It was one of the biggest co-op plants in the United States, probably top five or 10. Mm -hmm. So they were a big demand for raw milk. And they developed several products and name brands. One of them, uh, some of us may still remember Magnolia Butter. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they started entering in competitions around the country and winning. So uh, dairying began to emerge as a major, major industry in the area. Now the cedar business uh, 
declined down to what I call a, uh, a single product, one product. Yes, we were making buckets and things like that, but the big demand was for pencil slats, the little piece of cedar that was exported usually to Middle Europe, Germany and such, mm -hmm. and they would add the graphite to make lead pencils. And that continued all the way up until uh, World War II interrupted, interrupted the exchange uh, there. But in the meantime, to meet the requirements of the co-op creamery, the farmers were breeding and establishing herds of dairy cattle that had a very high fat content, which is needed for the butter and made the reason for the quality butter. Well, an outfit out on the West Coast uh, was looking for a place to put a new uh, dairy-related business, and they had learned or become acquainted with the, uh, I believe it was Jersey herds. Yeah, I love that, Jersey cattle. Yeah, that, that had that high butter fat mm -hmm. content, what I call fat milk, mm -hmm. and uh, Carnation, a relatively young business at the time decided that uh, because of the character of the milk being produced here, it was a good place to put in their new condensary. And uh, this would have been about 1927, 28. So we, at that point, the dairy industry just bloomed very rapidly yeah. and uh, saved us from uh, uh, really suffering through the, the depression. Mm -hmm. because Carnation was employing and, and using the labor and the product. And yes, we still felt the effects of the Depression era, but not near as extreme as some of the other rural economies through the South and, and the Midwest. Uh, well, the rural areas really survived better than the large cities did oh, yeah. back during the Depression. Yeah. Because and, uh, they, they could self-support themselves. Yeah, and the uh, tin cow, as it was called, the condensed milk in a can, mm -hmm. uh, the evaporated milk, uh, stayed uh, in demand, and partly because it was a cheap way to to meet the uh, nutrition needs of a depressed economy. Yeah, uh, and uh, now that doesn't mean that the other things had disappeared. For instance, the uh, lumber industry bloomed again late in the 30s because of the demand for walnut, a hardwood that was very common in Rutherford County. And you know where all that walnut went? It was making gun stocks as we got uh, began to build the industrial miracle during the late 30s, early 40s. I remember talking to Bob Ferris, whose family had the Ferris uh, sawmill mm -hmm. out towards Rockvale, that yeah. area. And he said they were selling carloads, a carload being a railroad car, of walnut, and it was going to Canada. And in Canada, they were making it into the wood stocks for the, for the rifles. And I guess it was coming back into the country as a, the wood stocks, and they added the... Uh, metal parts of the of the weapons uh, but you can see the evolution from a uh, mill-based agricultural economy into a lumber economy and then the dairy capital of the south uh, which was boasted in the newspaper every day for years there up through yeah. the 50s and then I guess changing tastes by the early 60s, the market for the condensed milk, the evaporated milk, and most dairy products began to go into decline in the, in the 60s. And uh, what was the next thing that had a big impact on our economy? Late 60s, early 70s. It had an impact on the economy here? Rutherford County, major impact. We decided uh, as a county we would take an opportunity to get into the auto industry. And uh, it was the early 70s that uh, Nissan decided to put their truck plant in uh, Rutherford County. Mm. Uh, Later than that. 
It's later than that. It's, it's in the, the 70s. Yeah, but you're close to the 80s when they came in. All right. Uh, but the anticipation and the effort. I can remember when yeah. we had, it's kind of like a riot situation in Smyrna uh, because uh, the unions wanted to be a part of it. So we ended up in the middle of it. Yeah. And uh, it was a... Um, well, it was a great time, but but it it was one of those times that uh, um, the the unions had a really difficult time uh, agreeing to that coming in here. Of course, Tennessee well, the, is a right to work state. Yeah, the groundbreaking was uh, how would you say in anticipation of the groundbreaking, we set up a uh, a response team. Uh, we had a very small bunch of us, but believe me. <laughs> you were ready. Yeah. Because we were anticipating there would be uh, demonstrations yes. and, and protests. Uh, well, there was a while there. Well, it, close to the same time period, the Seward Air Force Base was basically given to Smyrna, and we began to develop some industrial activity. Thanks to Sam Ridley. Huh? Thanks to Sam Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know in the mid-70s, there was uh, two or three businesses that wouldn't have been here if not for the opportunity to use the old air base property. Uh, Which has been a blessing to Rutherford County. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Swan was one of them, mm -hmm. producing uh, uh, health-related products. Uh, better built aluminum. I remember coming yeah. in out there. The uh, the uh, state opened the vocational school there, and uh, that gave an economic boost. Perhaps not quite as dramatic as Nissan, but uh, clearly we developed an industrial base up in that part of the county. Yeah. Uh, the question I got though, uh, what today? would you say is the biggest private industry uh, in Rutherford County as a, as a whole? It's hard to say exactly. If you include the public sector, education is probably our biggest employer and biggest uh, capital investment is in education with the growth of the, uh, the public schools and the growth of the university. But in the private sector, First thing that strikes me today is uh, our economy is built is based on uh, building houses. And, no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, resident residential construction is clearly, uh, and you wonder because that's something that at some point you would expect it to level off or even go into decline, but as long as our population is growing the way it is daily. Uh, the demand is going to be there. And uh, it be interesting to see just how much longer will that go on. Another decade uh, is hard to say. Uh, Let's but, hope it doesn't go on for a long period of time <laughs> because we're going to end up as one of the major uh, communities anywhere in the country, and we see what that brings with it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And controlling and, and keeping the quality and uh, rapid development is a challenge in any community. Yeah. It's developing like ours. You know, the smaller the area, the more freedom you have. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? It's amazing. The smaller in terms of population. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The closer, the closer we're crowded, the more we have to accommodate. Uh, yeah. You know, and the relationships needs. that you have in a smaller community or closer? Uh, serving on the uh, Equalization Board impressed me with another economy that is really quite visible at the same time, not so uh, obvious, uh, and it has a new name. It is called Logistics. We are blessed, and some might say cursed, with a position in the state and in the southeast 
that means transportation. So much transportation comes through this area. Mm -hmm. Talking about the trucking business primarily. It is slowing down drastically right now. Some it is, but uh, the industry we were talking about just a minute ago generates an awful lot of logistics. Mm -hmm. Moving and storing and sorting of material, uh, like raw material or like parts for whatever's being produced, mm -hmm. uh, or just the movement itself. So when you look around at how our real estate's being used, the northwest, the northern side, and now even southeast part of the county is rapidly growing with uh, facilities that support this logistics. Amazon's an obvious example. Uh, the suppliers for the auto uh, plant are a good example. And all along the I-24 corridor, we see this logistics industry. Is Amazon a positive thing or a negative thing? Uh, I would say it's uh, That's more, a tough question to answer. Isn't yeah, it? it is. It's kind of what are you looking for? If you're looking for uh, entry-level uh, employment, yeah, that's uh, what they're looking for. Uh, if you are looking for traffic generators, no, because obviously there's a lot of traffic. And the in and small out. businesses in the yeah. community yeah, well now suffer. Yeah, now you're talking beyond the logistics part of the business. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, it's, oh, I'm glad. That, oh, I, I see a puzzle look on your face. Yeah, because we're out of history now. We're talking about <laughs> current and future. Uh, I think uh, Amazon is probably one of the cleaner industries. What do they call it? They call them. They don't call them warehouses anymore or distribution I centers. I love it when you're you're, you're fighting to get that yeah. little special thing in. Well, I was going to illustrate how we use new terminology for old things. They call yeah. them fulfillment centers. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, they're fulfilling our craving for consumer goods, mm -hmm. uh, filling orders and such, fulfillment center. How and has that changed the Christmas time of the year, the special? Because the ladies are out shopping and, and, and getting ready for uh, th that special day. Of course, uh, we, we, uh, um, we know what Christmas is all about here. But yet there's, there's still a lot... I think most of the buying uh, takes place during December and maybe even the early part of January. Uh, and you, you look at what that means to the community, what it means to the business people, and all of those that are involved in it. Um, it's um, well, all that activity. It makes a big difference in, in yeah. the changes right now. But uh, if we look at what Christmas is really all about and what it really means. Yeah, it shouldn't even be done that way. Yeah, the shopping activity is not critical to that. Yeah. But our own traditions and habits have made you know, Christmas shopping mm -hmm. a very important part of the uh, observance. Uh, but I don't think it has lessened it. I think it's just changed the nature of it the operations like Amazon. Mm -hmm. And you can see all the... Uh, bricks and mortar, big uh, operations are shifting part of their own business into this uh, uh, internet world. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my first reflex is you better start earlier because it's got to be shipped to you. But uh, now some things Amazon gets to you the next day or quicker than you can get organized and go to the store and find it sometimes. Yeah. So uh, that logistics uh, is changing so rapidly it's hard to keep up with. In fact, within the last year, we've seen the emergence of uh, uh, little medium-sized delivery vans with the Amazon logo on them. Mm -hmm. uh, so things are changing very fast. You know, I know some people that are into the uh, trucking business, and we're talking about semis, and it's harder and harder to find drivers today. And you don't see, we, we've got this training uh, center out here in Rutherford County where they train truck drivers. It's harder and harder to find people that wanna 
uh, be able to drive and look at all the things that are being affected. Um, um, there's a lot of ships that are just totally loaded off of uh, uh, the shorelines that they can't uh, get in for uh, the lack of drivers and also for the lack of other things. So it's it's been a very interesting, it seems like this country is always going to have to step forward and make changes as to all the things that happen during our particular uh, decade or, or whatever. And uh, the trucking industry is taking the biggest hit right now, I would say, of, of all the the things that are involving our industrial use. Well, they're missing opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that stuff that's offshore needs to be moved around yeah. onshore, and uh, the exchange there can't uh, can't handle it right now. Interesting. Those who may have some real responsibility for the problems and the lack of anticipation of the problems are telling us that the real problem is we're just buying too much. And, uh, you know, if we buy it, then it has to get into the country. Well, there's some underlying issues there. We're producing everything overseas, so obviously yeah. it's got to get in to the country. But uh, the uh, criticism I would direct to those with some responsibility is a lack of anticipation, the lack of expectation that, uh, you know, Surely, if we had uh, been daily involved in logistics, mm -hmm. we could have foresee we could have foreseen this problem a little better, and perhaps been better uh, uh, prepared for it. Uh, the Technology can be a great thing, but it can also be a terrible uh, thing. Uh, our dependence on it. Yeah, unanticipated consequences. Yeah, you know. We made it easier for people to order things, so they order things. They mm -hmm. order th more things. We keep them at home for almost a year, uh, so they, you know, pin up demand. They can't get out and buy and and uh, uh, spend money, and then all of a sudden that opens up. Well, you know, you, you, there's there's going to be a peak of activity, mm -hmm. and are we prepared for it? Apparently, we we, we weren't. We aren't. And is it going to get worse as as we become more and more dependent on things? I mean, how many times do you have to change your telephones now uh, because of, uh, they do not last as long? And look at the how the costs continue to climb for well, for those particular things. Part of those that are defending their own performance and blaming consumer activity is uh, a fair criticism because we have been taught that uh, most of us feel like we just got to have the latest. Mm -hmm. uh, how many times, what, what are we up to, iPhone 6 or something? Do we really need the, the next generation that can be produced technologically? Uh, or is it just that it's there, we want it? I and, wish I still had my old telephone and could get rid of uh, my cell phone. I, absolutely. The thing drives me crazy. Well, and I, I'm getting all these stupid messages all the time, and, and um, just like I've got to go have my eyes measured. I, I don't know how many notices I've had from uh, the uh, he, the medical center here in Murfreesboro well, on we, when I need to show up and all of that. Yeah, uh, we can do it, then, uh, so why not? Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, there is, I'll, I'll tell you, and any of the others of our generation, a company called Alcatel is making a flip phone now. Going back a what to what now? Alcatel. A L C A T E L. Yeah. Are manufacturing a flip phone, uh -huh. which is a phone with very few of the technological. Just does the uh, telephoning. It yeah, doesn't do all that Mostly other crap. telephoning. You can text a little bit with it. Uh, and I've got one, and uh, just this morning I'm looking, and it says I got something coming in, which I can't get. I'm not a, I'm not an internet computer with my little phone. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I need one of those. Yeah, it's it's all I need except, like today, somebody is trying to send me something, 
as though I had a computer phone mm -hmm. and uh, telling me download this something. I don't download on my flip phone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but except for the rare occasion when someone overestimates my technological capabilities, it does everything I need for it to do. And apparently they've recognized that there's a market of old people who uh, enjoy a little bit simpler phone. And that's all we need. I need to catch my breath. Let's take a break. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. My name is Mary Edith Martin McFarland, and I love Adams Place. I have Parkinson's. One of my defenses is exercise, and so the pool is a real plus. And it's wonderful. It's a heated, salty, therapeutic pool, and we have water aerobics by an instructor. It's indoor year-round, and it's marvelous. I love Adam's Place. Does your home need freshening up? Let our family at Fair Construction help you. We do painting, new flooring, anything that you need. If you can dream it, Fair Construction can turn it into reality. Fair Construction offers high-quality craftsmanship quick response and attention to detail. For home restoration at a price you can afford, Fair Construction can get the job done no matter how big or small it is. I'm Ron Hall, shop local. Let our family business help you, Fair Construction Company. Hey, it's Men's Health Month, so be sure to get all your levels tested with a comprehensive annual health assessment at Low T Center. They'll check all your levels, not just your testosterone levels. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, notice weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now, Low T Center offers the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for only $155 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. And they can ship directly to your home. Uh, let me say again, it's only $155 a month for monitored self-inject treatments, and they ship directly to you. At Low T Center, most insurance is accepted. Be sure to book your appointment online right now at LowTCenter.com. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. If you're in Smyrna, you can now listen to WGNS on FM 100.5. If you're in Murfreesboro, tune to FM 101.9 and, of course, AM 1450. If you listen to 100.5 in Murfreesboro, you'll want to switch to 101.9 before January 1st. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. FedEx is encouraging Rutherford County shoppers to get their Christmas packages shipped as soon as possible. The shipping giant says if you're sending Christmas packages by FedEx Ground or by FedEx Home Delivery, you'll need to have them shipped out by December 15th. Packages going via two-day delivery must be sent by December 22nd. For overnight services, the deadline is December 23rd, and the FedEx same-day shipping deadline is December 24th. Middle Tennessee State University's football team is going bowling. The Blue Raiders were invited to the Bahamas Bowl this weekend. They'll play the Toledo Rockets December 17th. It's the 13th bowl game in MTSU history. A Red Ford pickup left a narrow neighborhood roadway around 2.20 Saturday afternoon to travel through a yard, hit a shallow hole filled with water and mud, then overturned and caught on fire. Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue extinguished the fire and treated the occupant. Then emergency medical services took the injured person to the ER. The FDA is recalling 18 Old Spice and Secret Aerosol spray products sold in Middle Tennessee due to a possible benzene contamination. Procter & Gamble announced over the weekend they're recalling their Old Spice Below Deck, Hardest Working Collection, and Pure Sport Gift Set, and their Secret Powder Fresh, Outlast, and Fresh Collections sprays. The items are sold in 4-ounce, 6-ounce, and 3.8-ounce containers and may contain benzene, which has been classified as a human carcinogen. Customers can access OldSpice.com and Secret.com for product images, lot information, and to request a refund. 
Socialize with us on social media at facebook.com slash WGNS Radio or follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. Del Wamsley here. The first thing you're going to have to learn is until you stop expecting the politicians or anyone else to change your life, your life isn't going to change. The only person who can change your life is you, but you need to know how. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Listen to my show, the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Catch the Del Wamsley Radio Show Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, here on News Radio WGNS. Do you love helping others and making a difference? RHA Health Services is hiring a variety of positions in Murfreesboro, from entry-level direct support to experienced nurses, offering competitive pay and benefits, including a daily pay option. If you bring the passion, RHA will provide the training and support to help you succeed. Apply at rhajobs.com or call 615-895-7788 to learn more. Apply now at rhajobs.com. That's rhajobs.com. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Greg Tucker. And uh, you have a lot of gifts, a lot of talents, Greg. And one of them, uh, uh, along with your history, is... um, your family history and being able to relate a lot of the history to the people uh, who want to know more about our community. And uh, I have uh, I have all of your uh, books that you have written over the years, and they're very informative and they're very interesting. They're enjoyable to read. And you have a new one coming up. We're not going to probably go in in any type of details or depth into the book. But you have uh, written about the Black Sheep Squadron. And uh, it'll be a while uh, probably before it will be published and released. But it's going to be one of the best books that you have ever written here and it should be a big seller um, in in my opinion uh, across the country and you have um, uh, specific details in the book because you're of your father who was in the black sheep squadron mr bernie tucker well i don't have quite that ambitious uh, expectation uh locally I think there'll be some interest because of the local connection. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, my father was a native son and uh, several of his local friends and buddies were also involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think anyone who's interested in World War II aviation or uh, World War II history, particularly in the South Pacific and the Japanese part of the war, uh, will find it interesting, and anyone who's just, uh, uh, what would you say, is interested in uh, aviation technology because it was changing so rapidly uh, under the pressure of the war period, yeah. uh, be interesting. I don't think it'll have the same uh, local interest as some of my former books uh, because most of what we're detailing is going on in the uh, western South Pacific yeah, uh, but uh, actually, I'm, I'm writing it almost as a uh, family obligation. In fact, my son mm-hmm. sat down with me during the weekend period, the holiday period, and 
I went over with him some of the ways that I'm trying to preserve for for him in part, but it's his children and his grandchildren that are my target audience, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so we all know that someone in our family was part of what we call the greatest generation and survived the Depression era, uh, survived the war period, and then uh, was very much involved in the community post-war. And uh, I think it, our family experience is not unique. I think it reflects very much the uh, experience of young people trying to start their families and start their careers in that period because uh, I can remember on a rare occasion my father would show a little bit of resentment for the fact that he lost uh, five, six, eight years when you add it all together mm -hmm. uh, of you know the critical time when you're developing your interest in your your professional activity, how you're going to make a living and all that. And uh, he ends up, uh, like many, doing four tours of duty overseas. Uh, and, uh, you know, you lost some important time, part of your life. Yeah. And most of them will say, but yeah, that influenced me a great deal. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't be today what I am. Well, yes. But that's not what you planned. That's what you were forced to do by the circumstances. Yeah, and but people like your dad, they were my heroes because look what you gave up to um, do what needed to be done back then. Oh, yeah. Not just for the our country, but for the world altogether. And, and the things that he accomplished while he was there for he he's not thinking about himself really he's thinking about well, what he can do yeah. as far as get to and make I, the world safe again and i wouldn't speak of it in a singular way it's not yeah. him it's his generation uh his uh uh contemporaries yeah. and what they did what they went through uh, i have noticed that there's a real effort nationally now to memorialize and document uh, that experience. There yeah. must be uh, a dozen museums around the country that are devoted to that period and you know their emphasis may be on naval activity in the South Pacific and uh, you know they're focusing in there and uh, supporting like I recently got uh, a solicitation from the foundation group that uh, supports the uh, World War II mall monument, whatever you want to call it, yeah. the, uh, which is right across from the White House uh, in the mall area. And, uh, you know, things like that do have to be maintained and restored as they age. So there's a foundation that uh, does just that, raises money for the maintenance and enhancement of that particular memorial. Uh, and uh, I'm also aware of efforts to preserve some of the old uh, ships and planes, mm -hmm. like the Commemorative Air Force emphasizes that period in aviation history. So that's a good sign that there are those making an effort to be sure that we remember. Uh, one in particular that intrigues me is uh, uh, does not have a physical location they're supporting. They are trying to develop materials and programs to be used in high schools mm -hmm. focused on this period and the sacrifices that were made, not only to preserve the history, but I think also to influence our current uh, thinking and, and particularly those, uh, we would say, high school age. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one thing in particular this group's done is tried to institutionalize the uh, Veterans Day parade and observance in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. which had pretty much disappeared uh, over the last couple of decades. It's been a long time coming back, hasn't it? I know that our schools um, have not focused as much 
on our history, especially of our heroes that have been involved in all of the conflicts in our country. And um, I, I wish that th when I went to the wall uh, and for the Vietnam um, uh, people, that 50, 58,000 uh, of our uh, young people lost their lives during that, uh, I was looking at some of my buddies that were on the wall and their pictures came up and it made it very personal and I, I it, it's almost like it should be a have to for our schools to take their people out there and see those faces in in the in the history of what happened to each one of those individuals and and some of them had uh uh, I know one of them had, was in his fourth tour of duty when he passed on. And uh, you, you think of that commitment and what it's done for our country and for our young people to be able to um, learn and, and see the history of what made our country so great. Those things should not be ignored at all. And uh, when, when you're able to, to do that, it's been a long time um, uh, to forget those people in Vietnam, uh, Desert Storm, uh, all the way back to Korea, World War II, World War I. And it, it seemed like it's been ignored again for a long time. And those things need to stay um, with us at all times because their freedom is not given to them. And I think they need to know that what they do in life, they need to earn that freedom. Well, going back to where we started this morning, some of the concerns we were expressing, uh, perhaps the most idolized president of the last 50 years, John F. Kennedy, mm -hmm. partly uh, because of the way we lost him, but uh, very much idolized. Uh, his most famous quote, mm -hmm. ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yeah. I wonder how we would as a population react to that today. Uh, you know, we now see it as uh, a uh, appropriate statement by a president of many, many generations back. It's not really that many. Uh, but you don't hear anything like that coming from our current leadership. None at all. Uh, now they talk about, you know, what we're going to pay for for everybody or for those who need it. And, you know, there's obviously some value to that. But uh, I think... Uh, our leaders don't expect us to uh, uh, think in terms of what we can do for our country anymore. It's more like they're responding to, what are you going to do for me now? Don't you just love these Medicare commercials, which is not Medicare. Everybody needs to know that. Uh, and, and when you call, you're calling for uh, an insurance person yeah. to... to uh, and, and, and you know, one a couple of them say, "I just want what I deserve. I deserve." Yeah. Yeah. But but you have to earn those things. You really have, to, and nothing should be free when, uh, when you look at it. You you are, uh, are uh, you have responsibilities for everything you get. Uh, they don't ever say. Now remember. Someone else is going to have to pay for it. Yeah. If you're going to demand it and get it. Yeah. You know, it's got to be it's got to be paid for somewhere. Yeah. And some of us uh, have paid for Medicaid, Medicare, for a long time. Yeah. But a lot of for us, most of our lives. Yeah. But uh, it's a compact between the generations. Today, we pay, so it can be consumed today. And uh, you wonder how long can that kind of Ponzi scheme go on? You know, I pay in, and it goes to support 
whatever's the program today so that really there's nothing left except what we pay in again the next the next day yeah and uh, I don't know how far it can go well I think you're ready to go yep you're looking at your watch so it must be time yeah, it's right. supposed to meet the publisher and see if we can move this book along this this morning I wish they could get it by Christmas time <laughs> all right Greg enjoyed it as usual thank you Truman and guys we'll see you in the morning at nine from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. <laughs>